Well, again, so glad you're here with us this morning. And if you've not been with us throughout these last several months, we've been actually in a teaching series called Love Has One. Go ahead and say that with me. Love has one. Love has one. And really, it's based off our journey through the Gospel of John. And so all throughout this last ministry year, we've been journeying through John's Gospel and really seeking, again, to understand who this Jesus is and what it means to walk in His ways. And so we're coming to the end of our study in the Gospel of John as we broke this this gospel up in different teaching series. And so we're on the final teaching series called Love Has One. And as we are here at this place and in this space of John's gospel, we've seen Jesus be crucified. And as Emily shared, as she stole my thunder, she gave you the whole sermon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she, you know, as she was sharing about the resurrection of Christ. And, and many times as we think about the summertime, oftentimes Christmas and and uh, what's going on in that time, Easter, they don't come to the top of our minds. But I'm reminded that in July, there's this thing that goes on often. People call Christmas in July. How many of you guys ever participated in Christmas in July? Show of hands, right? Yeah, just a fun time, exciting, right? You get a gift in July, you know. Maybe you even bring out some Christmas decorations, however you participate in it. But then there's a, a new thing that I'm, I'm somewhat introducing, but I'm not the first to come up with it, and it's the following, Easter in August, all right? Easter in August. So we won't have an Easter egg hunt today, in case you're wondering. That's not going to be happening. Uh, we won't have Peeps candy. I know some of you are looking forward to something like that, maybe, as we're on the Easter story here. Uh, don't have peanut butter eggs. I wish I did, but I don't have them, and I'm sorry if I'm making you hungry. In the midst of talking about all those things, but what we do want to do is we want to remember the significance of this moment in time, this historical event that took place as we're in the Gospel of John, the resurrection of Jesus. Because it's the resurrection of Jesus that changes everything. It changes everything. It's not just that he came and lived this life. It's not just that he died and was buried and after he was crucified. It was that he resurrected from the dead and showed up to so many witnesses at the same time. And this event changes everything. And, and if you even want to take a deep dive into what happened in that moment in time, I would encourage you to even listen to what the Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15. Because so much of what is talked about, what it is that we're going to see today, really Paul talks about. He talks about the fact that we're bringing forth that which is of utmost importance. That Christ was crucified and he rose from the death. And he showed up to all these witnesses, and many of them at the same time. And so as we think about that, I want to give you the following statement, and it's this, and question for you to think about today. Where in your life are you lacking hope? Where in your life are you lacking hope? Because as you think about this story of Jesus being crucified, and then being resurrected from the dead, we don't want to miss the reality that nobody thought he was coming back. Like nobody th thought he was coming back. No one in the story of the Gospel of John or in the other Gospel writers makes anybody seem heroic. Like, hey, we're just waiting by the tomb because we know what he said. Three days later, he's going to resurrect from the dead. No one had a, a clock, right? You know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, he's alive! No one, no one thought that was going to happen. And this is what makes the story of Easter that much not, not only significant, but serious. 
and real because it describes real emotions of what people felt. People who were not heroic, but actually who they were. It involves women in the story as well, which in first century was not how you would tell a story if you're trying to make up something. But instead, it gives real emotion, involves real people. But for those people, they were lacking hope. They thought it was over. The one that they had given their life to, they thought it was over. That they had just seen the one that they were following and spending time with hang on a cross and was murdered as he willingly died for all people. They thought that was it. That he was in a tomb. And that was the final story. Game over. But we said last week the following phrase. We said that it's not over until Jesus says it's over. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. Let's say that out loud together on three. One, two, three. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. And this is such good news for us today. Because what we don't want to miss is who He is and what He's come to do for us. How He's made a way. How He's made a way for us to join Him in the adventure of a life with God. That we're meant to know God relationally. Like we can know Him personally. He's made a way. He's made a way for us to unlock the purposes in which our lives were created for. Because we were made on purpose and for a purpose. And so many of us are searching. We are searching. And, and I'm in conversations, even during the cookout this last Wednesday, had a chance to talk to, to different people at the cookout. And you can just tell they're trying to make sense of life. They're trying to make sense of who they are, what they were created for, and what they were designed for. And we can create our own narrative to why those things are, but the good news is the author of life has made a way for us to know fully and to experience all that we were intended for and all that we were created for. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has made the way. Jesus wants to lead us towards those ways of life that we were created and intended for. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up with me. We're going to be in John 20. John 20. We're going to jump in verse 11 here. John 20. And again, I want us to pay attention to the realness of the emotion, the rawness of it. Again, the fact that people weren't expecting this to happen. And what this says to us about our life with Jesus. The life that we were intended for. The life that we were created for. Listen to what it says here. Starting in verse 11, it says this, Now Mary stood outside the tomb. What was she doing here? She was what? She was crying. She stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she, went, she, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. So she's leaning into the tomb, right? She's... She's looking for the body. And it goes on to say this. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? And I want us to read this part out loud together, what she says back on three. One, two, three. They have taken my Lord away. So she's thinking someone stole the body. Not he's resurrected from the dead. She said, and I don't know where they have put him. I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. She didn't realize it was Jesus. 
And then it goes on to say the following here. He asked her, let's read this question out loud together on three, one, two, three. Woman, why are you crying? And then let's read the next part of it. Who is it you are looking for? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Again, she's like, hey, this is the gardener. That's what she thought. So where, where did you put him? Tell me, tell me where you put him, and I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get my Savior, the one I've given my life to, this Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. Let's say that out loud together. Mary, Mary. And this is really powerful because notice what Jesus does. Jesus calls her by name. And he calls you by name. And he calls me by name. He calls us by name. He calls us by name and calls us into the life that he has created us for. He says, Ed. He says, Matt. He says, Sonia. He says, Robin. Inviting us in. Inviting us in. I want to journey with you. I want to show you the way in life in which I have created and designed you for. I want you to experience my boundaries that I have for you in your life that are, are when they fall, they're pleasant. They're the, the fall in pleasant places, as the psalmist says in Psalm 16. I want you to encounter me for who I am. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Babonai, which means teacher. And I want you to notice what she's doing here and what he's doing. They're entering in to this coming back together with one another, experiencing what Jesus said was going to happen, but Mary didn't understand what was going to happen. Neither did any of the other disciples, by the way. I think it's commendable that Mary shows up actually at the tomb. She's there. <laughs> she's grieving. She's weeping. She's crying out. And I want us to hear that today, that it's, it's a safe space with Jesus to share with Him our anguish, our pain, our anger, the things that we're anxious about, the things that we're excited about. He wants in on those things. And Mary, Mary again, without understanding the full story, sets a good example for us what we do even when we don't know what to do. To pursue and to come after Him. And to let it be known, let it be known, all that He all that he means to us and what it is that we're bringing and carrying. Well, it goes on to say the following here. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. And what was the news? What did she say? What's the news again? Say it again. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that He had said these things to her. So she says, I have seen the Lord. And she did what He asked her to do. Another example that Mary sets. Whenever Jesus asks something of us, it's for our benefit and the benefit of others. FYI, in case you did not know that. He's for you. He's for you. He desires you to experience 
what his best is towards you and for you, even when it doesn't seem like his best, according to our own mindset and perspective. And so as we think about what's happening here, I want us to pay attention to that line. I have seen the Lord, and what she ends up doing is sharing with the disciples everything that he had said to her. So this happens and this goes on. But it's important that we don't miss that because this is how she goes to bear witness to who this resurrected Jesus is. And so as we continue on here, I want us to hold on to this. Jesus being alive is what allows us, what allows him to bring the dead back to life. Jesus being alive is what allows him to bring the dead back to life. Because for Mary, she thought Jesus was not only dead, but all of our hopes and dreams had been crushed in that moment. And you know, I, I think about the things that many of us are carrying right now, the despair, the hopelessness. And I want you to know, because of the resurrected Jesus, we know that we can actually experience life. Life even in the midst of those things that are dawning or discouraging to us. But then there's this other life, this spiritual life, because our issue isn't that we're bad people that need to be made good. We're actually spiritually dead people that need to be made spiritually alive. And this is what Jesus comes to do. This is what Jesus has come to do for each and every one of us. He's made a way through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. But I want us to hold on to who he is and what that means for our lives. What that means for the things that we're carrying. What that means with walking with them. What that means when we encounter other people and help them to experience all that Christ has done for them and has for them. And I'm reminded as Mary goes back and says, I have seen the Lord, that one of the people there that heard that was Peter. And I love how Peter describes what this Jesus has done for us. Listen to what it says here in 1 Peter 1.3. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a what? What's the word here? Living hope. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's our living hope. Jesus is our living hope. He's the one that we're holding on to. He's the one that we're, we're putting our lives and building our lives on. He is our living hope. And so I don't want you to miss this because... He's the one who's made a way. And he says, praise be to God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy. In other words, he gave us what we didn't deserve, what we could never earn. He held back what we did deserve. He, he made a way. He made a way. He has given us a new birth. A new birth. We've been born again, born into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, as John 3 would talk about. We're joining Jesus into this new way of life, this living hope, this living hope. And this is, again, Peter who thought it was over. This was Peter who denied knowing Jesus. This is Peter writing these words. And I don't know what you're carrying today, but I want you to know in Jesus, we can have a living hope. We can have a living hope in Christ. So as we continue on here, where have you seen the Lord? I want you to think about it. Mary was told to go back and say, I have seen the Lord. Or she shared that. She's like, I have seen the Lord. 
in your life, where have you seen the Lord? Where have you met the Lord? Where has the Lord met you? When, does he, when has he distinctly, in your own memory and life, called you by name? When did that happen? When is that taking place? And it's not a once and done type of thing. It's an ongoing relationship with Jesus, right? It's a, a living hope. It's living and active. So, so when is he calling you forward? What is he calling you and inviting you in? And, and where have you seen him? And where have you experienced him? Is it recent? Or is it just somewhere in the distant? Because again, this is meant to be ongoing. This is meant to be an experience where we encounter Christ regularly. Yes, we should hold on to those moments. Those moments where we look back and say, wow, that was incredible how you showed up in this time in my life. But he's showing up today, every day. He's calling us by name. Where have you seen the Lord? And I want to encourage you with these questions to write down the question and consider the answer in your own life. Because what we want to do is we want to hold on to how we've seen Jesus show up and show off. We don't want to forget. This is one of the ways that we have this living hope in our lives. We're reminded again and again of what He's doing, what He said, what He has for us. Again, where have you seen the Lord? Here's the next question. Who can you share, I have seen the Lord with? This is what Mary did. Who are the people in your life? That you could share, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Who are those people in your school? Who are those people in your neighborhood? Who are those people at the cookouts? Who are those people at the, the local coffee shops that you frequent, wherever that is? Who are those people? Because there are people all around us that need to hear this news. And we're meant to be a vehicle of His love and His grace. And again, you're giving witness to what's happened in your life. This is where I've seen the Lord. But who? Who are those people? Do you pray for them? Are you intentional with it? Are you saying, hey, you know what? I'm looking for the opportunity through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit to step forward into those moments. Because there's people all around us. There's people all around us where we can share, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And may we be people who join Him in that. And this week alone, someone came into our office. Literally, I was in a meeting with our elder team here at Riverbend. And they came in. And as they came in, they were coming in specifically. They weren't able to make the cookout, but we gave the leftovers to the neighbors here in the business complex here. And they came over and they were like, we just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for doing that. That meant a lot to us. And as I was talking to my new friend named Andy, I was asking Andy and telling Andy, we just want to show the love of Jesus in a practical way. And I was curious, Andy, what, who's Jesus to you? Like, who is Jesus to you? And Andy started to share with me his own journey, how he'd been searching spirituality out and seeking to understand who this Jesus is as well as other religions. And, and he had something to the effect of saying, all of them lead to this place of peace and enlightenment. You know, so he's sharing all these types of things with me. And then I was saying, thanks so much for sharing, Andy. I want to tell you that what I have found is that in Jesus, I have found the purposes in which I was created for through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And I just want to share that with you, Andy. 
I want to share that with you. And I want you just to consider who this Jesus is. So he had to run, so I didn't want to keep talking to him because he had to get back to work. But he was open to the conversation. My point telling you that is there are people like that all around us who are willing to engage in conversations. They may not show up on a Sunday morning. I hope they will. I, man, I would love them to come here. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. We, we want them here. But they may not be ready to do that, but they may be ready to enter into a conversation with someone who actually cares for them is going to ask good questions about their life and their story, and is going to show kindness as Jesus has shown us kindness. Again, who can you share? I have seen the Lord with. Here's the next question. Where have we, we as a church, where have we seen the Lord work? Where have we seen the Lord work? And what I wanted to do is I wanted to take this time to really unpack for you guys a bit of what God's been up to over this last year, because God has been doing some really incredible things. And so I won't give another 30-minute sermon or anything like that, but I intentionally, I intentionally have designed this morning with this, with this in mind, sharing this story with you, because I want you to see how God has been at work. Because if we don't pay attention to it, and we don't call it forward, it's easy to walk in spiritual amnesia and to forget the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be that kind of leader. And so last year, last year I made a trip up to a good friend of mine. He was one of the first guys I ever met who purposely moved from the south to the northeast to plant a church. And I'm from Atlanta originally. Some of you know that. This, my friend was from North Carolina. I, I knew I liked North Carolina people, right? Come on now. Good people. And he was saying to me way back when, he said, hey, the Northeast, there's a lot of opportunities to start churches and works. And I was 19 at the point, that point in time. So it was a long time ago. As a 19-year-old, he said those words to me. And so right around early 2000s, he went up to an area called Clifton Park, New York, and they began a work where his wife was from, similar to me. My wife is from this area. And so we went to celebrate with them as they moved into a new facility, a new place. And as I was there, I started to think about in that time, the things that they had been doing with their space, how they've been leveraging it, not only for themselves, but for the community, the improvements that they have made over the years. And I just started to listen to my friend, his name's Roscoe, he's got a really cool name, Roscoe. Um, Roscoe said, you know, the, our, we've, this is like our third iteration of finding a place to call home. And so usually where you start or where you're in the middle of it isn't always going to be where you land permanently. And so as I started to think about what he was saying and think about how we could improve this space, I began conversations uh, with different people. And one of those key uh, persons was Lauren Velarde. And we started to map out how do we improve what we currently have. All right, so we started to map it out and we started to work it through. And, and Lauren is really good at helping think through design, paint colors, things that I'm not going to be great at. You don't want to ask me what to paint something uh, or the color to paint it with. But Lauren was really helpful to think through that. And we started to, to get pricing on that and started to really work through that. As we were doing that, we had some friends from the North Carolina uh, Baptist Mission uh, named uh, the Aikens, uh, doing Kathy Aiken, telling us, hey, you know, we want to come over and see what the project would be. And so they came over, and, and so we, we went through a process with them. And they said, hey, we're going to send some teams to you. And I was like, okay, that's great. You know, I was really excited about that. 
And one of the things that he did was he would call me and say to me that there are, there's this power couple from North Carolina that wherever they go, people want to follow. And that was Ed and Helen Helms. Um, and, and they are some really good people. And, and Ed is about to be 88 young here in October. Uh, but he's been, him and Helen have been essentially the project managers for this whole project. And when my friend Dewey told me, hey, when they come, others are going are gonna to join. It's, they're uh, people that when they lead somewhere, they wanna be, people want to follow them. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, you know, in church world, you know how people can exaggerate, right? So I was kind of like, all right, we'll see, you know. Next thing I know, I get a call from, from Dewey. We got four teams, Joe. <laughs> and they're coming from North Carolina. They're going to help you with this project. As this is going on, as this is going on, our landlord says to us, hey, we... You know, he saw all the things that we're looking to do. He said, I just want to be honest with you. I don't know where I'm going to be long term. I don't know where I'm going to be long term. And I can't beyond, beyond May of 2025 give you a long term lease. And so that started this conversation with him saying, I could give you a month of month lease after that point, but I'm not sure how long I'm actually going to be the owner of this building. And so that led us to start working through a process of thinking, okay, how do we join Jesus faithfully to what he's doing now, but where he's taking us, our future home as well. And so what I wanted to do today is I wanted to just let you guys know a couple things. One is I want to let you know, first of all, we are so grateful for how God has shown up. Through your generosity, through your resourcing, we've been able to raise funds to do the improvements that we have been doing here material-wise. We got the materials at a discounted rate. We got materials donated. God has been faithful to do that. So we've been mindful of how much we're spending in this uh, area of doing these improvements. But the other thing is, I want to just acknowledge uh, the Helms. I want to take a moment, and they're going to actually join me on stage here because they love this. They love this. They're going to come on stage, and we're going to get a chair for them up here. Um, and as they come up, We've got Ed and Helen Helms. They're going to come on up. Come on up, guys. Make your way. Give it up for the Helms. And then I'm going to invite those who are helping us lead what we're calling Foundations for the Valley, which is thinking about what our future is going to look like. Um, the, the Price family, Hunter and Emily Price, they're going to come on up to the stage. And... As they come up, we can give it up for them as well. Let's not, let's not leave them hanging. And so what we wanted to do uh, today, first of all, I want to start uh, because the Helms have been with us all summer. Um, but we wanted to take a moment to give you guys a gift. This is a Moravian star. And this Moravian star really speaks to uh, really this idea of being a light in the community. The Moravians are a big part of the history here in the valley. But we want to thank you for being a light to not only us, but so many others, all the way back to 1978 to this point, man. And, uh, and so what I want you guys to do is I want you to, you, can, we can, you don't have to do something with that right now. We'll put that right here. But what I want you to do is I want you guys to be able to hear, because one of the things I love about listening to all four of them is their faith and how it inspires me. And when you came in today, hopefully you received a card that sells foundations for the valley. If you didn't get a card, it looks just like that. Um, if you didn't get that, 
we can make sure we get you one. They're all over the space here. But what I wanted to do is I just wanted you guys to hear uh, from Ed and Helen for a moment. Again, I told them they don't have to talk super long. They, this is not their thing to get up on stage and be, get credit like this. But this is their final week with us, though I've tried to convince them to stay. I said, hey, man, we can figure out something. We could get you, maybe the CDL school will, will build out like one of those homes in one of their uh, trucks or something like that. But they, they, didn't, they didn't bite. They didn't bite on that yet. So, so what I want you guys to just share with us, just share with us how you guys have seen God work over the years. What, what would you recommend us, even as we're thinking about what's to come um, as well? So I'm going to pass it on here. I'm going to grab a chair as well. And you can hold that mic close, all right? privilege to serve our Lord. And uh, this is not about Ed and Helen Helm. This is about Jesus. Seven, uh, 46 years ago, we had prepared our hearts. We didn't know exactly what he had in store for us. But he opened the door in volunteer missions. And uh, we were able to step through that door. And one trip, and the Lord had us. We saw his hand work, and we became in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that keeps us aware of who we are and who we represent at all times. And as Helen came home and says she heard a missionary, volunteer missionary, speak about serving, and this was in 1978, very few volunteers went out. And the, uh, uh, we had to be vetted by the home mission board and we had to be assigned by them. And I told her, if I didn't draw an elk license, we'd put our application in. And that's the first time I didn't draw an elk license in Wyoming. And, and so we put our application in. And God reached down and touched our lives. And for 46 years, we've been able to go serving volunteer missions all over the country and 11 overseas projects. But every step of the way, God has been faithful in providing what we needed when we needed it. And it hadn't been easy. We've struggled, and we didn't have the money a lot of times. And we were going overseas. We needed $2,000 on Tuesday. And I told her we'd just write a check on her equity on the house because I felt God would have us to go. And that Sunday night, a couple walked up and handed us a check and God said for us to give you this. And it was a check for $2,000. The faithfulness of God down through the 46 years has has been a personal thing. I've got to know my Lord in a more personal way. And, and it's not about us. It's about commitment. And first of all, I had to prepare my heart. My heart had to be ready for God to be able to use me. And I had to be willing to let him be Lord in my life. And so my precious bride of 68 years has been by my side every step of the way. I wouldn't have been there without her, and she wouldn't have been there without me. We were a team. But God gets the credit, all the honor and the praise and the glory. 
It's been an incredible journey. And, and we're at the end of our ministry, we know that. But I look back over those 46 years and nothing in this world can compare of being on site and seeing God part the storm and go around us. Seeing God part the clouds and roll them up when we were pouring concrete and it was raining. Because he said he would never ask us to do anything that he wouldn't be there to supply what we had. And he supplied it. And we can assure you that if you're in the center of God's will, as David Jeremiah says, you're indestructible until God's through with you. And, and I just want to encourage you to let Jesus be Lord in your life. He's got so much he wants to give you and bless you with. But so many people are not willing to step through that door. You see, we've seen the missionaries attempt the impossible. And that's when God shows up in a mighty way. If you don't think that God can't move the mountain, you step, step out on faith and believe it. And, and I want my wife to share <laughs> I just want to say that it's been a privilege and an honor for me to be in the center of God's will taking care of this guy and uh, we've been a team as he said and uh, it has been an incredible journey we've met so many beautiful friends and God has supplied everything that we've needed and taken care of us and protected us in February I fell and broke my hip so we thought our mission trip was over but God took care and within six weeks I was ready to throw the cane and the walker away and I thank him for that. He's been so good, and I appreciate him. And I, it's been an honor for us to be here and to work with each one. And our teams are very special people. And uh, we just love each one of them, and they work so hard, and they give the Lord the credit for it all. Thank you for being a friend to us. Yeah, can we give it up to the Helms? Right. I know they're... They, part of the reason I, I, I made them come up is I want you to be blessed by hearing about their faith. When I'm with them, my faith grows. When I listen to them, my faith grows. I'm grateful uh, for their legacy um, and how it's... We're impacted, obviously, here at Riverbend tangibly, but man, it's been awesome just to hear their heart and their their vision and their story. And, and I think it's really beautiful, um, even, even as they were talking about this different stories, um, they're so sharp. Like when you talk, I love, I'm a, my first memory of being both of them is how sharp they were. We were going around the space and, and Mr. Ed's taking notes like feverishly, like he's sharp as a tag. He's, yeah, I mean, they've been such, such a blessing. But I love that we see represented here those in their 80s. And Hunter, how old are you now? But no, this, I want you to not miss this. There's something beautiful. I'm in my 40s. There's something beautiful when we understand the power of the body being the body. 
and we let generations come alongside one another, whether that's to our youngest, to the oldest. God's economy, his kingdom, is always advancing and working. And so I want you to hear a little bit from the prices about what's called Foundations for the Valley. So I want you guys to share with them and, and then let us know. <laughs> and, and what we want to do today is we want to just start laying the groundwork. Again, there's going to be more conversations, but we want to be really clear. And I just want you to hear it from me. We are beginning the journey of looking for our future home. Okay, in case you're wondering, our lease ends here May of 2025. Say with me, May of 2025. All right. So we've got a runway. We've got a runway, but that's not a lot of time as we're starting to pray and look. But we want to be intentional. So I don't want you to miss this. Right? We're faithful in this moment, but we're looking for the future and what God has for us. So I don't want us to miss that as we hear from Hunter and Emily. Go ahead, Hunter. I took the mic back. Yeah, Emily, go ahead. <laughs> um, before we kind of get into that, I do just want to share one thing as I've been thinking about the faithfulness of God. Um, and a lot has led us to being here today. Um, and you, a lot of you guys probably know our son, Luke, he's almost eight months. He's wearing a little helmet. So if you don't, you'll get to see him later. Um, but, uh, after we had Luke, um, I suffered from some pretty severe postpartum depression. Um, and it was just this church family that got me through. Um, so as Hunter and I are helping lead in this way, um, I just want you guys to know that uh, it's because of Riverbend, you know, that we're we're up here, um, and just the faithfulness of God and how God has worked through every one of you. Um, so I just wanted to share that before Hunter talks and has what he has to say. Um, so thank you for you know surrounding us, and I and, and I really believe in the the body of Christ. Um, and just the way he he works um, through each one of us, um, and so thank you for for us for our family, um, and we're you know blessed to be here and to raise Luke uh, in such a loving church family. Here you go. Don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, they say they said the, save the best for last, but I think we went the wrong direction here. <laughs> I think Joe set me up. Um, good morning, everybody. Super excited to be up here talking about Foundations for the Valley. Uh, as Joe said, we've been working for a long time on this. So super excited to actually have a logo, uh, be able to talk to you guys about what this looks like. And uh, just really blessed that some of you guys, as you sat down, already have looked at these cards. Uh, some of you were even filling them out ahead of time. Uh, so just really blessed by that. This morning, we want to talk a little bit about what the future looks like. We don't want to get too deep into that because there are still some unanswered questions that God will answer later on. But we want to talk about what Ed said, which is giving everybody the chance to step through that door, right? And uh, Joe talked about a relationship with God earlier. And one of the best ways to build your relationship with God is being able to actually work with him, right? So this card is going to be our first step of where we're just asking for your assistance in some general things that we're going to be looking for throughout uh, our search for a new home. Uh, and I created six different boxes of what we're looking for. And the first box that you'll see is prayer. Uh, so as you know, Amy uh, Vlarde has actually offered to help us lead that area. Uh, and the first step is she created a 24-hour prayer vigil. So 
Uh, I'm sure that some of you guys have already been thinking about that, been probably praying about prayer. Uh, kind of funny how that works, right? Uh, and we're going to have that 24-hour prayer vigil set up, not only to pray about the future of the church, but pray about the valley, pray about ourselves, pray about others, uh, just have a ton of different things that we can pray about in there. So we're looking for different individuals that can help Amy not only think about how to set up the 24-hour prayer vigil, but set up different activities that we can have not only before we start Foundations for the Valley, but throughout Foundations of the Valley and post Foundations for the Valley. So if that's something that you feel called for, I would love for you to be able to check that box for us. Uh, the second thing, although nobody other than me likes this, is administration. Uh, I love Excel spreadsheets. If anybody loves Excel spreadsheets, uh, this is a great place. Jason McDaniel has actually stepped up to help us out with administration. Uh, so this is going to be a mixture of different things. We're looking for people that can help us with Excel spreadsheets, uh, but also be able to help us with maybe just some interactions with different people to help understand uh, their information. They're also going to be helping us with uh, collecting information like this and then putting it into a Excel spreadsheet. Um, or, you know, you can put it into other things if you'd like, but we're looking for people that can help us organize different information in the administration role. Design. Design's a really fun one that is not for me, uh, but it may be for you. So design is actually going to be led by uh, Chris Dean and Lauren Velarde. Uh, so they are, have already started to kick off some activities in this area. They actually created this nice card for us. Uh, so we're looking for people that can help with that, uh, help us be able to design different slides, videos, um, memoirs, different things of that nature that can help us just be able to uh, create different material for the campaign. And then uh, events. Uh, we are going to be hosting a series of events. As Joe talked about, this summer has been uh, just full of events. Uh, and we want to keep filling up our calendar with events. We want to keep having different things that help us understand what the church means to us today, but then also what the church will mean to us uh, physically in the future. Um, so if you feel called to help us either, whether it's actually organizing an event, whether it's, hey, you're available just to come and help up set up some chairs, whatever level of uh, help that you can provide in that, and we're looking for people that can help us volunteer with some events. Uh, children's ministry, uh, this is a big Emily one. So uh, we are still actually looking for a leader in events and in children's ministry. Uh, children's ministry is pretty straightforward. We're looking for somebody to help with children, but the bigger part of it is, as we think of Foundations for the Valley, we think about having that door open for people to help with. We actually want to invite our children into that. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that our children are involved in the future of Riverbend uh, and help us with different things. You know, as we think about a new place, we have a variety of age groups. Uh, we want them to help us tell, tell us what they're looking for in a new space. Uh, we want people to actually be able to help us with crew and what crew's looking for in a new space physically here. Uh, so if that's something that you feel called to help with, uh, we'd like you to be able to check that box. And the final one is communications. Definitely not a, a strength of mine, but could be a strength <laughs> of yours. Uh, so if you want to help, uh, we are looking for somebody to help lead the communications team. Uh, that's going to be, once again, different things, it, uh, some videos, being able to take photos, uh, being able to just collect different things, maybe doing some voiceovers for us. Uh, just looking for somebody that has that ability, people that can do follow-up call and just help people make and be aware of what's going on. Uh, so we already have uh, the Selms are helping out in that area, but looking for some other people to be able to help in that area. Uh, as you fill out these cards, you know, some people will have hours per week that they can volunteer. Some people will have an hour a month that you can volunteer. 
Uh, we're looking for any level of support that you can provide. Know that by filling out this card, we're not expecting that you're able to come here five days a week for 40-hour work weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, that'd be great, too, if you're able to provide that. Uh, but we're looking for just any level of support that you can provide us, uh, and we're just hoping to hear from you and how you can help us with this uh, and help us be able to make sure that we're set up for success in the yeah. future. And I, I was going to say, too, with it, just so you guys know, our next home, really, as we think about Foundations for the Valley, there's three buckets, just as we think big picture. We're thinking about how to serve the church well, so our church, how to serve our community, the community that we live in, the Lehigh Valley, right, the, the people of the valley. And then third, we're thinking about next generation. So the, our future generations. So we're thinking about all of that as we're thinking through this. Hunter and Emily are going to be out in the hallway, and they would love to talk with you. If you have a card that you want to hand to them, you could do that as well. Uh, we'll have a place for you to, to drop it in as well. Uh, one of the, we'll have a, a giving box that you can put it right in as well. But I want to just to take a moment for you to hear from them, to understand a bit. Again, there's more that's coming. But we wanted just to make it clear, our heart and our intentionality for what it is that we sense that God's doing. I want you to know, this is my first time leading something like this. It's one thing to start something, which God allowed me to start and be a part of starting Riverbend Community Church. Um, but there's a lot of unknowns as we step into that, and that's okay. Um, even though for a guy like me, I like to know, <laughs> and I like to make it happen. I also know that part of it is what Ed said. Whenever God leads, he's going to guide and provide. He's going to make a way. He's got it all figured out already. My job is to be available. And so I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm available. I'm, yeah, is it going to be hard? Yes. But I, I know I'm, you're going to meet me in that. Uh, is it going to be painful at times? Yes. But you're worth it, Jesus. And you're going to meet me in that as well. And so I want to just invite us to do that. So we're going to pray. And then as, as we pray... I want you just to think with us, you know, what is it that God may be asking of you? And you don't, you don't have to maybe have an answer right now. So maybe for you, you need a little time with this. That's fine too. This is not about a hard sell. We want you to stay in step with what Jesus has for you. But we believe that you have so much to offer, each and every one of you. We really believe that. And this Foundations for the Valley is that opportunity. Whatever that looks like in your season of life, whatever you're able to do, we, we want you to know we value you. And we believe you're a big part of what he's doing and going to do here. All right, let's pray. Father, right now, we thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. And Lord, right now, I'm going to just start making my way through the stage here. I want to thank you for the Helms family. Lord, I'm going to just put my hands here on them, Father, and just pray, even as they've mentioned, kind of the, the last leg of the journey, so to speak, Father, as far as the, the missions leading in this capacity. And Lord, it's been an honor, seriously to have them here, God. Um, I'm overwhelmed with your faithfulness. And just, uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative, God, of them. And I just pray your blessing upon them, your hand upon them, that even as they think about this day, they're reminded of how you've gone before and how you continue to go with them. And Lord, I'm thankful for them. So I just pray a blessing over them. And then, Lord, I want to pray a blessing over Hunter and Emily over foundations for the valley. Lord, I pray that you would just remind us this is your church. You're going to build it and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing over them. I pray a hedge of protection over them. I pray that you would remind them that you go before us, Lord, and that you lead and that you guide and that you direct. 
So Lord, I pray for our church as well. May we be available. You're not asking for us um, to have everything figured out, to have every skill that, that's needed. You're not, you're not asking for any of that. The, the thing you're looking for are those who are available. That's, that's the best ability to you, is those who are available to you. And so we're making ourselves available. We just pray you protect our church, continue to unify us as we stay in step with what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.